Edward L. Cox School of Business is just over 100 years old. And for the last couple of years, we've been hearing about major expansion and renovation at, at Cox, and the money's been pouring in. You remember David Miller was with us a couple of years ago. He and Carolyn Miller gave $50 million in more gifts, and they're, they keep flowing. In fact, there's another one that was just announced, another a gift for the Edward L. Cox School of Business, and the dirt ought to be flying pretty soon. Well, we know who knows. Uh, Matthew Myers is the dean of the Cox School of Business and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Well, thanks for having me back again. I always enjoy it. So what are you doing with all that money, meanwhile? Yeah, we've got it buried in mason jars out back right now. <laughs> so, you know, we just had an incredible amount of luck with the support uh, for the school, not just for Cox School, but for SMU as well. And it's been it's been wonderful. It's been a tough year, as you know, for everybody. So to have this kind of support's just been a real blessing. This latest from Brian Sheffield, that's got to be good. He's a graduate. Uh, of the Cox School of Business, and he comes back, and he and his wife have, have given you, what, another $15 million? Another $15 million. He's a graduate fairly recently in, in 01, so he's he's still a, a, a young fellow, lots of good years in front of him, but it's really good for us to be able to show that success comes quickly out of the Cox School if you work hard and you got great ideas. So remind us of the plans right now, and, and, and actually, given the last year and what's been going on in academics, have you made any changes? Well, I, th- I think we have made a lot of changes. We've seen the marketplace change. And as the marketplace changes, obviously business schools have to change as well. So a lot of our um, you know, programs and the curricula that we have have to change. And the way that we teach changes, which is why this, these new facilities are so important to us, to be able to give the, the, the faculty and the staff and the students the opportunity to learn in new ways. And the Sheffield gift certainly helps us do that. So tell me about the graduate that's going to be coming out of there in three, four, five years. My guess is you have to have put a lot more emphasis on on STEM, science, technology, engineering, you know, beyond just uh, being able to crunch a, an Excel spreadsheet. No, that's right. And the, the applicability of the quantitative methods is so important to us as a business school as well. And what's been great about being in Dallas and, and in Texas in general is we've got a lot of corporate partners who have really helped us with, um, the the type of curricula that we are building so that they are relevant in the next three, four, or five years. We've seen a shift to where the growth is from certain industrial sectors to other industrial sectors to technologies and to uh, to the digital workplace. And so for us, being able to work with our corporate partners here has been a real blessing as well. Yeah, I mean, the oil and gas business was, was paramount for a long time, certainly, you know, finance, but now you get into, you know, all things internet. And, and that that you have to change fairly rapidly, it seems like, and adapt to. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. How people, how people buy, how how people finance, the expectations between partnerships. You know, we're, we're working a lot. A lot has changed in the past year, just from the standpoint of environmental, social, and, and governance structures and expectations. We see it in the Wall Street Journal every day. Uh, we see the expectations from a lot of the Fortune 500 companies just in Dallas alone and what they're expecting their students, and their graduates, their new employees to know from those specific types of things, from what's happening environmentally, socially, and, and how, how governance works. So we've been able to be really flexible and put a lot of those topics inside of our curricula. Uh, but again, well, we wouldn't be able to do that unless we had the really strong strategic corporate partnerships that we do. So tell me about about the graduates, because as I have always said, you've run two schools. On the one hand, you've got a, a core conventional school of people mat- matriculating through in you know whatever three years, but then you've got 
night school and people that are you know, taking the getting their MBAs over what four or five years. Right, and then, and that's really where we've seen a lot of change. We we have seen uh, the way that people want to come back and study business. Uh, really metamorph into a new way of graduate education. So we have online programs right now, which are incredibly popular. And one of the silver linings of the of the COVID uh, crisis was the fact that all universities got better at online teaching. And so our online programs have become very, very robust. And that's really helped us. We also have a lot of folks who want to continue to work and, and at the same time pursue their MBA program. They want to do it in places that have this modernized way of teaching, this engaged learning where they're working hands-on on real real-time projects with, with companies. And they want to do it in a way where they really understand the digital marketplace and how technology works inside of their in, in their different businesses. So it's been a real blessing for us. And I think that it's we've learned a lot uh, and learned really quickly over the last 13 months. Can you still have the same value proposition? I mean, yeah. doing distance learning versus you know, face to face? Yeah, that's the trick, isn't it? And I think one of the things we found out is the answer is yes and no. Once you once you really understand where you need to be in the classroom with that student and how that works uh, and where you can do this more, more remotely and digitally for the convenience of the student but still not lose value, we've really learned a lot over the last year or so on, on kind of where that delineation is. And that's helped us put these programs together in ways that I think do add value, not just to the student, to be honest with you, David, but also to the employer who is the, really the beneficiary of that learning. So it, for us, it's been, it's, been a real, it's been a real challenge, but at the, but at the same time, we have just been, uh, been on our own accelerated learning curve when it comes to teaching, and it's been really beneficial for us. But you have a unique situation. You, you must be in a situation where the employers are telling you, to some degree, what they want, what they need. And, and can you adjust your curriculum to giving them what they need? Yeah, it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. In many ways, the employers will say, this is what we need. And in, in the same sentence, they'll say, tell us what we need. Tell us what we're, what's the future look like for us inside of our uh, organization, inside of our business, inside of our industrial sector. Because in, all, in a lot of ways, because our faculty works so closely with a wide variety of industries and a wide variety of companies, they can bring that expertise back to that question. So the, the companies help us with what our curricula should look like and what our what our students should be seeing, seeing what they should be what, what they should be learning. And in many cases, uh, we give back in, in to the companies by saying, "Here's what we're seeing inside of uh, other industries. These are the best practices. This is what's been successful. This is what hasn't been successful." And so it's a, it's it's a real give uh, give and take relationship that works really well. How do you give your students all the tools that they need going forward? I for example. Uh, blockchain is going to be a very big thing. I don't know about Bitcoin, but but the whole concept. My guess is you weren't teaching blockchain four years ago. We weren't teaching blockchain two years ago. And I think that even if you go to uh, um, you know some of the more technologically oriented universities around the world, blockchain is just we're you're almost learning as you're going. And at the same time, you also have to be careful with not get caught up in, in fads, make right. sure that they have they have a real basis, in fact. And I think that but again, as we as we talk about the switch to the digital marketplace and what they're calling this fourth industrial revolution, you know, beyond beyond steam, beyond electricity, beyond the computer. Now we're in the fourth revolution, which is digital. We do have to understand that there's a you know, there's a you have to have a rational look at exactly how this is going to affect specific businesses, whether it's you know American Airlines or the airline business, or whether or not it's the banks or whatnot. It's going it's it's not the same. There's no 
a cookie cutter approach to it. So that's why this engaged learning and working with specific companies is so important to us. So the students can really understand the differences between and the nuances between uh, uh, business problems and really be able to take the, take that uh, education and apply it inside the workplace. Okay. So where are you right now? Is dirt flying? We're not to dirt flying yet, but I'm telling you, we're getting close. You know, the, the Sheffield gift was such a, such a wonderful, um, what wonderful thing for us. And, and we're really grateful to, uh, to Brian and Cheryl for doing that. And it gets us a whole lot closer. What we're, what we're hoping for and what we've got penciled in on the calendar is, is to break ground in May of 22 so that we can really get, get started and hopefully complete the project in May of 24. And we're, we're well on our way to doing that and we're keeping our fingers crossed. Well, and it sounds like you are more than well on your way there. And again, now the last hundred years have really been interesting. I can't wait to see what uh, comes out of the next hundred years from uh, Cox School. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the last hundred years have been great. Obviously, uh, it was a big loss for us to lose Mr. Cox last fall, but we are you know, so lucky to have had his support for so long. Uh, and the next hundred years in, in business and in cross-disciplinary education, it's going to be the Wild West. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're so lucky to be in Dallas in a place that has the entrepreneurial spirit to allow us to thrive as well. Uh, and we just want to make sure that you come down and visit us when we get this building done. Oh, don't worry. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be down. And, and, and like you, I, boy, I miss Ed Cox. Uh, 99 years. He almost made it to a hundred years. I almost made it to a hundred years. And it was one of, he was one of the first people I met when I came to Dallas and he was so much fun uh, just, just to talk to and to listen to his stories and such a great benefactor for SMU. It's just a, a huge loss for us, but we were very fortunate to have him. And, and always a, a fun guest on our program, too. Matthew B. Myers is the dean of the Edward L. Cox School of Business and Tolleson Chair in Business Leadership at Southern Methodist University and has a business card about this long. It's good to have you with us. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you, David. Thanks for more of our conversation with the Dean. Go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.